Welcome to the Performance Plastics Podcast, hosted by IAPD, the only podcast dedicated to providing you information and insights into the world of engineering-grade plastics and how they benefit society by improving the quality of everyday life. Now, here's your host, Kylie Canty. Welcome to episode 11 of the Performance Plastics Podcast. My name is Kylie Canty, Marketing and Education Manager for the IAPD. Today's episode is a women-to-women conversation featuring two successful women in the performance plastics industry, talking about how to be successful in sales, getting hired and trained in the industry, and taking the next step of your career in performance plastics. Please welcome our fabulous and informative guests, Sharon Underwood, General Manager at Polymer Shapes, and Ellen Whitecavage, Recruitment Specialist at Polymer Shapes, as they discuss their careers in the performance plastics industry. Okay, if you guys want to go around and just briefly introduce yourselves and how long you've been in the performance plastics industry um, and what your position is, that'd be great. We can start with you, Sharon. Oh, okay. Hi, my name is Sharon Underwood. I'm a general manager with Polymer Shapes, and I have been in the performance plastics industry. I just celebrated my nine-year anniversary last month. Woohoo! All right. Congratulations. <laughs> Awesome. And my name is Ellen Whitecavage. Um, I am a recruitment specialist here at Polymer Shapes, and I've been doing recruiting for about six months now. And before this, I was in inside sales. So I've been in the performance plastics industry for about three and a half years now. Fantastic. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about each of your careers and being a woman in the performance plastics industry um, and any career insights that you have. Um, so Ellen, do you want to get us started with some questions? Yeah, absolutely. So Sharon, I wanted to ask you, where did you start in this industry and where are you at today? So my career was a little uh, different from the fact that it wasn't kind of a straight ladder in the performance plastics industry. It was definitely more of a jungle gym. So I actually started off as a professional ballet dancer um, and danced uh, for several years, um, got to meet some incredibly creative people, toured around. And then whenever that career ended due to an injury, um, I was in uh, a sales position. It was a pharmaceutical sales position. And then I was recruited into performance plastics. And obviously I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a ton um, and have been in the industry like I shared for about nine years now. So. That's awesome. I was a dancer too, by the way. I, knew, I didn't I know, know that, that about you. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so then what is a piece of advice that you would maybe give to someone younger like me or even someone who um, is newer to the industry? Mm. That's a good question. So my gut, I'm going to answer this twofold. So um, the, the first thing I would say is a piece of advice that was given to me and that I give to newer members on my team. And that is uh, that whomever you are working with or for and whatever you're finding to do, that the person who hired you hired you for you. And always remember that. So that speaks to our authenticity and really knowing who you are. And I feel that sales and um, just the knowledge that we derive from performance plastics, the chemistry, the innovation, how we relay that message 
is uh, really important and to kind of stay true to yourself. So that was always a piece of advice that was helpful for me. And I find helps uh, people that I'm working with that are newer to our industry. And then the second thing that I wish I knew a little and was uh, kind of impressed upon me maybe a little more in my first year of performance plastics was that the learning is layered, right? So yes. so many applications and so many industries um, that we service from healthcare to energy, uh, you know, uh, aerospace and transportation. So uh, that the learning is layered. It's going to take a, a little bit of time to get comfortable with everything. And I can't speak enough to what IAPD does from a training and a certification standpoint, that's been hugely helpful and just developing the knowledge uh, for my sales team just to kind of have, um, you know, impactful conversations to where they really feel like a consultant for our customers. So that's been hugely beneficial. So those would be the uh, piece, the pieces of advice. I know that was kind of a twofold. <laughs> That's great. No, and I love how we do the um, women in plastics, like the workshops that we went to in Charlotte. Yeah, wonderful. Just getting to meet people in the industry and um, people. We have a lot of impressive. Yeah, we have a lot of impressive people in our industry. You know, Um, so it's nice to just hear their sound bites and feedback and experiences and IAPD, especially for women, um, lays a great uh, groundwork for that. Right. And I think it's so interesting too, how we have so many people who work in performance plastics who didn't even go to school for sales. Like maybe they were a criminal justice major or maybe they did the arts and dance and then they somehow end up here, which is to me, I always thought this was the most random industry. When I joined, I was like, I never would have thought about these kinds of plastics when I go to the store. Like I never thought about where does that come from? Who makes that? Someone has to actually cut that and set it up so yeah yeah there's a lot of work involved in that yeah absolutely well did you right right (laughs) so did you always know that you might end up in an industry kind of like this or what were your plans no you know I um, started my ballet career very young and I had an opportunity to live in um, Canada and in Europe for a little bit and on the east coast um, so had a, I wouldn't have traded that in a mill for a million years, <laughs> but whenever they say poor, starving artist, they're not kidding. Right. It's real. It's uh, real. <laughs> so I was very fortunate. Uh, I rehabbed an ankle injury and actually, uh, received a BFA in dance and a minor in chemistry from the university of Oklahoma. And I always thought, man, I'd really like to go pre-med or something like that. And a family friend of ours said, you know, with your personality, you, you should go into pharmaceutical cells. And so I, and I cannot say enough about really um, having a connection with the people that you're interviewing with or working for, because that those individuals are uh, going to kind of set your career up for success. So after I had my shoulder surgery and that kind of ended my ballet career, I started interviewing with pharmaceutical companies and I found a manager that I just really respected. I still keep in contact with. His name is Bob Dempsey and he was he was very influential in uh, just uh, my management style and then my overall 
kind of outlook on sales. Um, and then from there, I, you know, when, when you hear these stories in pharmaceutical sales, like, gosh, I'm constantly be re being realigned, yeah. you know, I love my job, but there's not a lot of, um, it can be kind of dicey. Like you're literally sitting, sitting by the phone every two to three years. Like, am I waiting for a call? Am, am I still going to have my territory? Am I still going to have my customers? And I got just kind of, uh, um, a little weary of that, you know, the pharmaceutical sales industry provided me a lot of opportunities, both on the sales and development side, uh, personally. And then, um, I had marketing experience and was on a lot of bubble assignments and, I was very fortunate because I had some great, strong female role models like Ashley Diaz Granados and um, people who really uh, were giving me a shot. You know, I mean, I hadn't, I was a ballet dancer, so it was kind of an out of the box type thing uh, whenever I came to them. Um, but then I, I kind of had mentioned to a friend in passing, I was like, oh, you know, I'm so tired of sitting here waiting on the phone to see yeah. if I have a job. Um, I need to get into something else. I don't know what it is, but I need to look at some other industries. And he happened to mention um, that to a mutual friend that we had. And so it was like networking, how I got into, uh, you know, performance plastics. And this mutual friend arranged uh, uh, kind of like a meeting with Jim Cooney, who was my hiring regional director. And he was wonderful. I was very impressed with him coming from a pharmaceutical sales background. He was very organized. He had great executive presence, good financial acumen. acumen. And I was like, huh, I wonder what this is all about. And then whenever I learned the innovation and the science and all the chemistry that goes into everything that we do, I was definitely interested. And so I uh, kind of kept in contact with Jim and that's how I got into performance plastics. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And he's great. <laughs> he is. He's, a, he's a wonderful person. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because like even this industry, I know when I first joined, which obviously wasn't that long ago, but people would ask me, you know, what do you sell? And I was like, I mean, I guess it's like the plastic that goes in airplanes and stuff like that. And it's so funny how now we can speak so much more to it with so much more excitement, like, oh yeah, like secure IDs and boats and this and that. Yes. And that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love how like this stuff, you can find it everywhere. It's not going out of style. Again, it's such a random industry that I'm like, you never probably would have thought you'd get into. I never. No. And yeah. And I just, um, especially with the people in our industries and then our end users, our customers. Yeah. I really enjoy uh, the interactions that I have, you know, from a senior leadership all the way down mm -hmm. um, to the gents and gals that work in our warehouse. It's very varied. So it's, there's not a lot of monotony. You're constantly learning, you know, and uh, being challenged. So I really enjoy that. Awesome. Well, I'd be curious to, oh, sorry. Yeah, you, you <laughs> I'd be curious to hear Ellen, how you describe your job to like your family or your friends that you know, in this day and age when plastics can get like a bad rap, how do you, you know, being in the industry for three years, describe what you do to them, like at Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I know I always start with saying that I work for a plastics distribution company. Um, and then I tell them it's not the single use throwaway plastics, like the plastic bags, the water bottles. It's not any of that. 
it is the long-term performance plastics. And then I usually give them some examples like airplane windows, the tray tables, the little um, overhead bins. Um, I give them more examples of like a lot of signage, the McDonald's arches, that's yellow acrylic. Um, and then I always bring up, especially now, the COVID barriers that you would see at the checkouts at stores. Um, and just kind of giving them some of those more everyday applications that they've seen. Um, I don't always get into the film side of it because I could go down a rabbit hole there too, like, oh, packaging, <laughs> IDs and all that. But yeah, I usually start with the, the basic airplanes, COVID shields, um, and people seem to catch on and understand like, oh yeah, okay, those plastics, I suppose those are everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's funny too, because sometimes like I'll go to the store with my mom or someone and I'll see like a POP display sign and I'll start feeling it like, oh, I think that's foam PVC maybe, or maybe that's foam bar. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because I've definitely, um, when I first got the job, my manager in Orlando, uh, we went to Starbucks. It was right after I got the job. I went to Starbucks and the order ready pickup sign that was hanging from the ceiling, he pointed at it. He's like, you see that? that's made out of our stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, this industry is going to ruin you wherever you go. Cause you're going to be feeling everything and looking. Oh crazy. my gosh. <laughs> and here you are, you're like at Ralph's and you're like, yep. wait a second. <laughs> yep, yep. I look like a crazy person. It's fine though. Cause it's exciting and it's stuff that, you know, it's cool. It's everywhere. It's not going out of style. And that's what I love about it. So but yeah, Sharon, I did want to ask you too, um, just because you know you've done the hiring and you've got an intern there who is super wonderful. So I wanted to see what do you think it is, what do you think the most important trait it is to be successful in sales? So that's a that's a really simple question, right? Would it yep. be like a complex answer? So I um I think there's multiple traits. Like I said previously, I feel that sales is really a science and an art. So I would say, I kind of, I think about this all the time. I think about this actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, you know, in my planner, I'm a very kind of task oriented person. Um, I, you know, I believe in lists. I, I feel great whenever I cross it off. And I actually write in my uh, planner, the five traits that I think are important, just not only in sales, but it, just in life, right? then mm -hmm. um, those are one, you have to be determined, mm -hmm. ready to do the work and grind, right? To be yeah. successful and anything that you, you're, you find to do. Um, I think the second uh, thing would be um, to be hungry, be curious, ask questions, always be ready to grow. Um, I feel like that's very important. The third thing um, would be, to be humble, right? Yep. So we start getting the, the, these successes and things, just realizing, you know, even a difficult and challenging conversation, whether it's with a customer or personally, like, hey, my ego is not necessarily always my amigo. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, it's really important, I feel, to remember that, right? So to be humble, right? So with that determination, we're being hungry, we're being humble, and then the next thing I would say is um, consistent excellence, that you're striving for that every day. We can get really bogged down in the whirlwind of activity or that 
homeostasis that we have to find to make the day-to-day work, right? But if you try to do, you know, a couple of things each day, you know, consistently with excellence, you're just going to go and off the charts and whatever you find to do. And then the last thing I would urge people and sales to be successful um, of would be to think about the five people that you interact with the most, right? Whether it's a friend or family members and make sure, because those five individuals are really going to um, impact like the vibrations you're giving off as a, as a human being, you know, on the planet. And then how you're handling obstacles and your successes. So I would urge you to really evaluate those relationships um, because they are either going to enhance your overall experience or they might you might get a little bogged down. And it's okay uh, to create some healthy boundaries mm-hmm. with people uh, that you might have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. You know, if you find that they're not influencing, you know, you in alignment with the things that you're determined to do and the successes you're, you're trying to find. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a complex answer. Right? I liked it, but no, I've heard that before about how you are the average of the five closest people to you. And I think that I really believe that it's so important to remember. Cause that's why like growing up, our parents always, or I mean, my parents did, they always stress the importance of having good friends, like people who are not going to persuade you to get into the wrong kind of things. Right. Um, so that brings up another question though, too. Um, did you ever have a mentor or do you, what do you think is kind of the benefit of someone having a mentor in this industry? So I, I've had several mentors. Um, sometimes I don't, I don't believe in forced mentorship, right? So I feel like it, throughout my career and in my experiences, um, the mentors that I've had, and I've had some really awesome people who believed in me. And absolutely, you can tell with how far you've made it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and invested in a, a lot of time, right? Um, it's kind of something that's gravitational, right? I can say, and I learned this in, in ballet. Um, my, one of my main mentors in ballet was Mulsun Larkin, who's one of the five famed Indian ballerinas and a huge star with the ballet roofs um, and wonderful lady. And uh, you can have role models or people with qualities that you admire and you really need to kind of sit back and analyze like in dance we're like ooh and Ellen you'll know this you're like ooh I like the way that they do that yep you take that and it matches mine yep yeah you put it in your pocket and you're like I may need that someday because nobody has like a patent on a presentation style or a way that they engage uh, people with empathy like Tasha Wood is one of the most personal most empathetic absolutely whole managers ever um yeah and so I really believe I've been very fortunate throughout my career you know both in pharmaceutical and uh, with performance plastics with you know Kevin Short and then our senior leadership and Rick being very um uh like a cheerleader and you want to find those people who are going to give you time and uh really you know you might not talk to them every day but you like they have your back and they know what, what's best for you and they believe in you. And I believe that you're naturally drawn to those people from a mentorship uh, perspective. Yeah. 
I agree. I think it's so important, like you said, not to have a forced mentorship because then that way it just feels like you can be more genuine. You can come to them with anything that you're kind of struggling through. Um, look for that advice and you know that they're coming back with, you know, what they think might be best for you and how to really help lift you up, you know? So right. yes. That's yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, Kate, oh Kenny, did you have any other? No, I think you guys knocked it out of the park. Do you have any last bit of advice that you want to put out into the universe for anybody in the performance plastics industry? Very general. Oh, but <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So you got uh, so many. She's looking for which one to start with. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, ooh, there's so many choices. So I would say the last bit of advice for anyone that's looking to join the performance plastics or like as a career is um, that, you know, with determination and dedication, no matter where you are in life, um, you can uh, really choose to be, you know, successful. Performance plastics is a great uh, career and industry uh, that provides a lot of uh, kind of growth as a person you get to learn about so much. So it's so intriguing and interesting to me. And um, I just really appreciate you guys inviting me uh, to share a little bit about my path and, and kind of experiences. And Ellen, thank you so much for, you know, visiting with me today. Absolutely. It's been fun. I mean, we've known each other for a few years now, but I've never actually gotten to sit down and kind of pick your brain on things. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody true. knows Sharon is, <laughs> she's always yes. doing the most here. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you ladies so much. I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Kylie. Have a good one. This podcast was brought to you by the International Association of Plastics Distribution. For more information on IAPD, please visit our website at www.iapd.org.